Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We have an important word today. You know, sometimes uh, at a weekend, we, we often love to encourage you to get you through the week, but sometimes that's not enough. We've got to teach people to stand on their own two feet. You know, we need to become self-feeders. We need to become people that can stand alone with God. Because sometimes in life, that's all you have. And so today is going to be a slightly deeper theological uh, teaching, but it's, it's a life-changing message. It's a message that brings about maturity. It brings about understanding. It brings about knowledge. Uh, so last week, we, we talked about putting your sword away, uh, the sword of the flesh, the sword that tries to make things work for ourselves. And, and in order for God, God's power to be activated in our life, we've got to put the sword down to pick surrender up. Surrender is when God has access. Surrender is when God can do something. But when we have our swords up, we're trying to force things. God is out of the picture. We talked about how prideful passion doesn't last. We've seen in Peter, he was so passionate. He looked good on the surface in front of Jesus in conversation, but when it came down to it, he denied Jesus three times, and all he was left with was love, and that's when he was ready. We, we learned that when you're left with love, it's a good start. You're only starting when your foundation is love. That's what we need. So we're going to go straight into the Scripture here. We're going to look at Paul, uh, the apostle. Some of you might know him as Saint Paul or Apostle Paul, depending on the way you've been brought up. Uh, and we're going to look at first Corin- or Second Corinthians 1. It says this, When I came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. God has got a secret plan for your life. That's something that God knows and often we don't. But but watch what Paul said. He says, I didn't use lofty words, meaning he had them. See, Paul had this great Jewish training. He would have went to school and would have had all the theological training from Pharisees and Sadducees and all that kind of stuff. So he knew the Christian lingo. But he said, I'm going to put that to the side. Why? Because it's going to distract you from power. It's going to distract you from God. And sometimes we do the same. We come to church and we just want to learn more. But do do you really want the power of God in your life? Because sometimes just learning more distracts you from the power of God. It actually gets in the way. And this is what Paul is saying. There's something greater than just knowing bigger words in the Greek and the Hebrew. There's something greater than that. And I'm not going to use big words and sidetrack you and, and confuse you to impress you with how smart I am so that you can truly grasp God's love, truly grasp God's power. Not just grasp it, but access it. And then he goes on to say in verse 9, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has ever conceived or understood. The things God has prepared for those who, who's this for? The people that love him. The people that love God, see, love is our foundation. If we don't have love as our foundation, we're, we're operating on pride. We're oper- operating on our own ways. But if we can surrender to God's way, th- then we can start to access the secret plan. Uh, what's this? It says, love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Everyone says spirit online. Give me a spirit. Someone type in spirit. 
The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for those who, who knows a personal thought, for who knows a, personal, a person's thought except their own spirit within them. So there's certain things that we will never know about other people, but they know about themselves because the Spirit knows the deepest part of you. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. There's deep parts of God that, that none of us know. But, but when our spirit is designed to connect to those deep secrets, those deep dreams, those deep, uh, those, those deep uh, thoughts, but we can only do that through the spirit, not through the seen, but through the unseen. See, one thing I want to encourage you with today is what you have is not all that God has. Some of you right now, you've reached the limit. You've reached the dead end, it seems, in your passion. You feel a bit dry. And I want to encourage you today that all that you have is not all that God has. So as much as you've reached the dead end, that's okay. Maybe you're ready. Maybe because you've realized that, you're ready to go deeper into the Spirit. See, a lot of us have been brought up in different traditions. Some of us have been brought up as atheists. Some of us have been brought up as not really understanding uh, anything about religion, just kind of going day to day. Some of us have been brought up in Catholic backgrounds. Some of us have been brought up in Protestant backgrounds. Some of us are just confused. We don't know, understand really what was going on when we were growing up, uh, and it was hard. Um, and I, I was talking to actually somebody who's attended our church just recently during the lockdown, and she, came, she was explaining how she came from a Catholic background. But she, she didn't pursue that. She kind of left that to the side and went through her 20s, kind of not really going to church, didn't really put herself into any boxes she would have described. But she said she came to our church, our church, and, and the way she explained it was very simple. She said it was a breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. Interesting that, isn't it? That means it was refreshing. I, I gather she meant that it, 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 was, it, was, it was a nice it was a great experience. It felt uh, brand new to her. And actually, if we look to the word Holy Spirit in the Greek, actually comes from the word pneuma. And the word pneuma is actually, uh, that's where we get the word pneumonia. And pneumonia is obviously associated with our breathing. So the word pneuma is, is actually, it means a breath of life. So the Holy Spirit, forget about all the, the, the maybe in your traditional experience or maybe uh, in the culture you're brought up in, as a, as a, in a family or, or your friendship circle, you might have heard the Holy Spirit in many different contexts and there might have been negative connotations associated with it. But let's strip it all back for a second and just think about when you have a, a sense of fresh breath. When you have that, when you're gasping for air and you're in the water and you need a breath and, and you come up and it, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit is intended and, and doesn't just intend to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. She experienced the Holy Spirit. It just was right. It felt right. It was right. It fitted the human body, the, the human spirit, and it, and it meshes and it feels like fresh air. That's the Holy Spirit. If you're not experiencing that or you've believed something differently, you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. You might have thought you have, but you haven't, because it's a fresh breath to your soul. 
See, what we have isn't all that God has. No mind has conceived. We don't understand what God has for us right now. We don't understand His plans, and we shouldn't, and we don't need to, but God has given us the ability to fulfill those secret plans and for those secret plans to come into light, but it's through His fresh breath. It's through His spirit. It's through His pneuma, okay? It's not through your might. It's not through your sword. It's not through you making it happen yourself. It's through His love. It's through His relationship. It's through His power. So we're going to talk about three ways in which God does this and which He's set up within the church. And some of these words you've heard before. But I, I, I guarantee you it's got mixed up within tradition. It's got mixed up within religion. It's got mixed up. And we've got to realign. We've got to reset. We're in a series called The Great Reset. This, these, this is a theological conversation which is essential for you to experience God's fresh pneuma breath, which will empower His plans to come into your possession and for you to feel His life. So we're going to talk about today the three baptisms. The three baptisms. Let's pray. God, I just thank you that you've called us to go all in. And we just pray, Father, you speak to us, open up our eyes to see clearly right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. The three baptisms. See, a baptism is often associated with infant baptism. It's associated with water. But actually, the word baptism, if we look back to its original term, is an invite into going all in. It's actually an invite to going all in. The Bible actually speaks about three baptisms. Okay? The word baptism in the Greek is the word baptizo. Baptizo, and that word in its, in its stripped-back form really just means to to submerge or immerse. Now, we've associated that often with water in certain circles, but actually it's nothing to do with water. It's a, it's a word that's attached to an act with water, but it's, it's, it actually means in modern 2021 terms would mean just go all in. Stop playing games. Go all in. Some of you are dating people right now, and it's time to baptize yourself into that relationship and go all in. It's getting a wee bit too gray. We need black and white here. You need to go well in. Relationship status is kind of, you know, what is it that on Facebook? Complicated? No, you need to go all in or all out, black or white. So, so it's, God has called us to go all in. This word baptism that we see time and time again is about going all in. Why? Because that's the only way it works. The relationship won't work properly until you go all in, until you fully commit. So let's look at the first baptism. The first baptism we see and, and the three is salvation. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, it says, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. One spirit, one body. So what happens is when you get saved, you surrender, you put your sword down, and you surrender your life, you go all in. You, you, God saves you eternally through, through Jesus who paid it all, but then something else happens, you become a part of one body. That's not in heaven, that's on the earth. Wh whose body, what is Christ, who is Christ's body on the earth? The church, his bride, his body. It talks about in Corinthians time and time again about how the body has many different functions and parts. Today in the room, we have many different people playing many different parts. We're a body. 
So as you get saved, you automatically, God's design was you to be saved eternally, to have access to the Holy Spirit, but also to become a part of an earthly body. Are you with me? So you don't just join Jesus, you join his family. You don't just join Jesus in heaven, you join his family on the earth. That's the, the first baptism. It's about all in. Some of us aren't experiencing God's best and his support system and his network and what he set up on the earth and what he's building on the earth because we've, we, we've, we've got saved eternally, but we haven't connected to his family on the earth. And we're wondering why we're walking around limping. We're, walking, we're wondering why we're walking around and we don't have the passion or the desires. It just doesn't fit right. We don't have that fresh breath. Well, maybe you need to go all in with this family. The Bible says in Psalm 92 that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, what do they do? They flourish. They're full of pneuma life. They're full of the fresh breath of God. Does anybody want a fresh breath? In this season where you feel weary and you feel broken, well, it's possible through the Spirit. The deeper things, it goes beyond the pain of the natural. It goes beyond what you see. It goes beyond just surface stuff. The pneuma breath. Number two, baptism in water. That's where we make a public declaration. Now, watch this. This is where we've got to be careful. In, in a lot of denominations and churches and in, 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 in certain circles, what's happened is they've said you can't be saved unless... You do baptism one and baptism two. Oh, you're not saved unless you get baptized with water and submerged and all that stuff, or you get infant baptism. That's not true, because the Bible says it is by Jesus' work on the cross alone, by Christ alone. You've heard that song, some of us, Christ alone, cornerstone. What that means is, once you, you do baptism one, you go all in with Jesus, that's it. He's paid the price. Your sins are gone. The cross is all that you need. But what you have is not all that God has. And, and if you want to experience all that God has, there's baptism too. There's something about public declaration. It doesn't deal with eternity. It deals with your effectiveness on the earth. Well, what do you mean, Phil? Well, if I'm dating Anna, and I'm like, Anna, like, I'm all in here. You know, we're in a relationship. It's we went to white. It's not black. We're in. I'm going for it, but let's keep it a secret. Can I give you a secret? I don't really want to tell anyone about you. I don't want to put a ring on. You might put people off talking to me. They usually would. Uh, and let's not have a wedding or, or tell anyone about, you know, you know, let's just go secret. Shh. You know, might get more attention if we don't tell any people, but what do you think Anna's going to do? I just went from white straight to black with a boot of, you know what? Why? Because I wasn't willing to go public. And because I wasn't willing to go public, the relationship lost its effectiveness. The trust was lost. Why Are you ashamed of me? What's, are you ashamed of the gospel? Are we ashamed? No, if you want to see God move powerfully in your life, we've got to get to the stage of surrender where we're not ashamed. We're willing to go public. We're willing to go all out. Then you start to see God move. Then you start to speak up for him. Then you start to see miracles happen. Then you start to see people get saved. But if you don't go public, your effectiveness on the earth will be affected. See, baptism too isn't about your eternal salvation. It's about your earthly impact. And that's why we go public. So some of you, I know, listen, I know some weddings have been delayed in this season. But where there's a, way, where there's a will, there's always a way. 
Some of you had a lot of cheap weddings. You saved a few pounds because the season helped you out a little bit. But there's going to be a stage at some point in the future we're going to do more baptism. So I encourage you, if you haven't been water baptized, submerged in the water, symbolic of dying with Christ, it's so important to go all out, to go all in, to be baptized with water. Number three, the third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's a baptism where, where it, it, salvation is about your eternal existence, but, but the Holy Spirit it, is really about your earthly existence. It's about your earthly presence. It's about your earthly impact. The Holy Spirit didn't come for, for you to have impact in heaven. It, it came for you to have impact on earth, which then impacts heaven. And if we do not access the Holy Spirit for whatever reason, maybe we never knew about him, never thought there was a deeper level, then what happens is we just don't have the power to do the work. We, we often can become lethargic. We often, we just don't go deep enough to grow higher. And so the Holy Spirit's work is to empower us on the earth. And the problem is sometimes, yet again, this gets mixed up again. Some denominations will tell us that, that if you don't speak in tongues or if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you can't go to heaven. That is not true. Yet again, baptism number one, Jesus paid it all. Your eternity's dealt with. The Holy Spirit is really just a gift, a helper it's called in the Bible, to help us to be impactful, to, be, to, to overcome, to be overcomers. You can't do some things without Prayer and fasting, the Bible says, well, what is praying and fasting about? Releasing the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why we went through a season of prayer and fasting and we ended it today. It's to have a greater, a deeper sense of what God wants to do in our lives. There's certain things we can't see without disconnecting for a season from the world and connecting in a deeper form with God. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So I'm going to show you these three baptisms in the book of Acts that for some of you that maybe don't understand what the book of Acts is about. The book of Acts is the early church. This is the book that, that, where we see the Holy Spirit fall and the church then is birthed. Interesting that, isn't it? That the, the church was birthed after the Holy Spirit fell. So earthly impact began once the Holy Spirit came. That same thing applies for your life. Some of you are going through hard times now, but you're dealing with it on a surface level. You've got your sword out. It's time to put the sword down. If you want to see impact, things shift. If you want to see forgiveness fall, if you want to see joy rise up, you've got to put the sword down and you've got to pick up surrender. And you, we've got to go deeper than what you see. You've got to, go, you've got to ask God for, for, for more power, more humility. So it goes on to say, here's Philip. It says in Acts 8 verses 5, it says, Philip went down to, to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the message there. So Philip went down to Samaria and he proclaimed who? Jesus. He wanted people to believe in Jesus as the Savior who rose again. So he done that and it goes on to say in verse 12, it says, but, they, but when they believed, first baptism, so they believed, they were born into, they, they were baptized into the body of Christ and as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, second baptism, in water. They were submerged in water. They went public very quickly. Soon after, they made a commitment. They went public, both men and women. Then it goes on to say in verse 14, 
When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. They're like, what is going on in Samaria? People are getting saved. People are getting water baptized. They're going public with their faith. In the same way we get married, they went public with their faith with Jesus. When they arrived, they prayed. What's this? When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Third baptism. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, so they simply, they just didn't know. So they came down and realized, right, they've done baptism one. They went through baptism two, but they just hadn't had baptism number three, meaning they hadn't just went all in. They hadn't realized you could go deeper. They hadn't realized there was more. See, everything you have is not all that God has. Right now, you're sitting there at your roof. But our roof, our ceiling is God's floor. That's often where God begins. That's often where God starts. When we get to the end of ourselves, you're ready. You've tried everything in your own strength. And I think the problem with being spirit-filled, I've heard all these terms growing up. I've heard all these different people from different backgrounds and denominations, different experiences. And to be quite honest, there's a lot of weird people. There's a lot of weird things. When we talk about spirit-filled, we hear about tongues and prayer language and all this stuff. It often can get really weird. And to be quite honest, even as a believer, I find, like, I find this hard to want. It, it didn't seem attractive to me. And I, I'll give you a story. I was over in Bedford studying, and I was super passionate, and I wanted people to come to Jesus. I wanted people to grasp all that God had in His Spirit, right? And, and there wasn't many churches in, in, in Bedford where I was at that time. And I kind of went to this church because there was nothing else. Do you know what I mean? I went to this church just to meet some people. I was bored, and uh, there was nothing really else going on. So I went to this church, and and I really wanted to reach some of my friends in, in my course. I was studying to be a PE teacher, and London was too far a journey to get some of them to come. So I convinced a few of my friends to come to this church, just thinking maybe you know, God can work these, in these wonderful ways. And even though this church isn't really my cup of tea, wouldn't be my perfect fit, maybe, you know, it wasn't too bad, but maybe, maybe my friends will connect the dots, and maybe the Spirit of God will just move and breathe on them, and something miraculous will happen. I don't know. I'm learning. I don't know how God works fully. So I done it. We went to a night service, and all of a sudden, it looked a bit different to the, the way it normally was. It was called a spirit-filled church, right? And, and it looked a wee bit different to the way a normal service would go, and what I was used to, I started to get a wee bit uneasy. I had my two unsaved friends sitting beside me, and, and they're kind of like looking at me like, what's going on, Phil? And the guy says, hey, we're going to do something a bit different tonight. I'm like, no, don't do it different. Just keep it simple, please. Like, this is my mate's first time. Don't be doing anything weird. And, and he says, he proceeded to say, I feel, like, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to do a victory, a victory run around the congregation. I'm like, what are you doing, brother? I'm about, what? what? N not tonight. And he started to run around, and I promise you, I was so tempted to rugby tackle him, to stop him, because he was ruining my friend's experience. And listen, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Put it this way, I'm not really that into that. It didn't, and I, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit didn't breathe in my friends that night. I, th their word to me, 
afterwards, like, Phil, it's just not for me. And I had to tell him, listen, it's not for me either. If this is what spirit-filled is, I don't want it. And, and this is what we got to be careful. We, we, some of us have been brought up, like Paul was brought up in a Jewish tradition, but he, he, he learned that, listen, th- these lofty words, these old traditional ways that we've been doing it, they weren't necessarily right. And so we've got to ask the question, does this line up with this fresh breath of God, this pneuma life that, that the Holy Spirit truly brings? I, I know that experience certainly didn't bring that kind of life to me. You see, you can be spirit-filled and not spooky. <laughs> you can be spirit-filled and full of joy and not weirdness. You see, what's this. The Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost when the church was birthed, and it brought a confusing situation into clarity, not the opposite. If, if you're leaving the Holy Spirit's presence more confused, you, you mightn't be with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit brings peace, brings clarity. The whole point of God coming was to give us an answer to the biggest question of life. Who am I and why am I here? And so if you're going into to church environments and, and, and which represent Jesus and, and it's weird and it's not connecting with your heart and it's not giving you a fresh breath, I'm not sure that's the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure that's a, repres- a good representation so, so what I'm trying to say is if you've been brought up in a, ch- a church that doesn't believe in the Spirit, how sad would it be that God actually pre- presented and gave this Spirit, which is to bring life and to bring fullness of joy and to, and to empower you to live the life that He intended you to live? What, how sad would it be if you, if you wrote all that stuff up and, and you just stayed on the surface because of all the weird stuff you'd experienced by man and man's ways? Let's not throw out this gift that God has given us because of our past experiences and traditions and whatever. Listen, people are weird. I've told you before. They're weird before they're Christian. They're going to be a weird after. There's some people who are spirit-filled. I remember hearing when I was young, I'm just trying to learn. They were going, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit as if they were better than me. (laughs) What? That doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit. You're full of pride. You think you're better than people because you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's, you don't feel, I'm not attracted to what you're saying. That, if that's the Holy Spirit, it's not working very well because you're arrogant. So that's, the Holy Spirit is humble, is gentle, is full of joy, is full of peace, is fresh, is attractive. When people are saying that, they're not saying that in the right spirit. So, that's not, I don't want to be like you. I don't want this baptism of the Holy Spirit if that's what it brings out. It's crazy how we get so weird. So, some of the meanest people are Christians. <laughs> Is anyone with? Give me an amen if you believe. Give me an amen if you believe me. And why are we mean? Because honestly, this is what I believe. We focus so much on, on the religious routines and the ways of, of, of trying to live a duty-based life, and we've lost our heart. And we've made it about actions and surface and swords and whatever else. And our hearts don't go deep. They're not deeply in love with Jesus. Because if they were, there would be an end product. If they were, there would be symptoms of a Savior. There'd be symptoms of how Jesus acted. We would act like He acted. We wouldn't just be, we would be lions and we would be lambs. We would, we, would be, we would know what we believe. We would stick to the truth of the Scripture, but we would also be humble in spirit. 
And listen, we're all, come on, I've got some amens from Naomi Galloway, from Anna Craig. Come on, Anna. Julie Patterson. Edith Craig. Who else we got? Ian Moffat. Preach it, Pastor Phil. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Fantastic. Andrew McDonald. Brilliant. We're going to finish this, wrap this up. We're going to land the plane. Some of you are ready. You're like, the dinner's on, Phil. We're getting out for the snowball fight. So it says this in First John 5, it says this, I'm going to finish here. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So there are three that come into agreement, the Father, God the Father, the Word, which is Jesus. The Bible says in John 1, 1, the Word became flesh, and the Holy Spirit. But watch this. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. Bear witness meaning they show up on the earth. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the water, that's the baptism with water, and the blood, Jesus. And if those three come into agreement, God's power is presented in a powerful form. And the spirit in which we carry is like Jesus. We, we feel fully loved, fully accepted. And so when we talk about the baptism or, or the, being spirit-filled, we possess the traits of the Holy Spirit, Holy Father in heaven. He is, he is fully flowed within our soul. And we begin to overflow into humanity because we went deeper. We have went all in in salvation. We went all in going public. And we went all in with the Spirit of God. We went deeper. And because of that, God builds higher. God impacts more on the earth. We actually get to see stories like, you think about Noah. Noah's building an ark. People are coming to ask Noah, hey Noah, what are you doing? I know you love this God and all that kind of stuff, but what are you doing? Well, I'm just, I'm just building an ark. What's an ark? I don't know. But I'm in a deep relationship with God and he spoke to me about all these measurements and what I need to build, so I'm just going to obey. I'm not going to try and understand. I'm walking with a father. Well, what's the boat for? It's for rain. What's rain? I don't know, but my father told me and I trust him. And he's been faithful all my life. And he's brought me to this crossroads. And I believe him. I bet you they thought he was a nutcase. I bet you they thought he was crazy. Obeying this God. But I want to let you know that the rain did come. And the boat did float. And the boat was a secure place. And the boat did save them and save humanity and did fulfill the mission. The boat was God's plan. But if Noah hadn't a deep relationship with his father, he would never have obeyed. He would never have stood the test of people mocking and moaning and making fun of. Listen, if we want to have impact like Noah had impact on the earth, we've got to go deeper. We've got to go all in. If we want to be able to trust a father that we understand that truly loves us, not just through theory, but through experience, we've got to go all in. We don't just need all in for salvation, for, for an insurance policy. We need all in and we need to go public. We need to go all in with the Spirit of God and go deeper and truly surrender our life 
Truly tell God how we feel in the worst moments of our life. Truly tell God how we feel in in, in possible scenarios. Because what if one day God says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to intervene. If you're not ready, if you don't have the faith, nothing's going to change. Miracles won't happen. God can't move. See, it's the thing that often can happen when we're comfortable, when things are working out for us, and it's dangerous. I would describe it as atrophy. I learned this when I was studying in Bedford. Atrophy is a word that we learn. It's, it's the wastage of muscle. See, faith is like a muscle. And, and when a muscle is not moved, the muscle begins to fade. It weakens. It begins to reduce in size, reduce in effectiveness, reduce in, in ability. Atrophy can happen to our faith when we're stagnant, when we're comfortable, when things are easy because we don't exercise. See, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And that's the question I have for you right now. Are you getting better or are you getting worse? Are you going deeper or is it becoming a more surface, duty-based relationship? The beauty is that God's grace and his mercies are new every day. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just for fun. It's for, he's for function. He's here to help us to function in this life. He's here to help us to move and breathe the way he's intended us to breathe. There's a few reasons why we, we, we don't go deeper with God. And here's a few. Maybe number one is this. I didn't know there was more. I didn't know I could go deeper. I didn't know this was possible. Maybe number two, you're scared of God punishing you. <laughs> I used to be scared of going deeper with God. I probably still am a little bit because I was afraid he would send me somewhere I hated, like on a missionary journey. You know, you see some of the people out in the mud huts and I, honestly, I, I was, he's going to send me to Haiti or, and to be quite honest, there's nothing wrong with that. People love that. People are called to that, but I'm not, but that the idea of that was, was putting me off because I was afraid that God might punish me. Listen, every good and perfect gift, it comes from above, the Bible says. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So at this point in our service, we're going to finish up. I want to say this in Acts 19 and 2, it says, and they asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We, we have not even heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have and you were put off. Right now, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come down and to move in your heart and to fill you up afresh. And, and I'm going to ask for you to make a decision to go deeper. If you haven't went public, now's the time. If you, if you haven't made a commitment, now's the time. And if you haven't went deeper, now is the time. Let's say a prayer for those of you who want to make that first baptism. Let's say this prayer. God, I thank you for Jesus Christ, your son. I commit my life I go all in and I surrender to you. I pick up my cross, I deny myself and I follow your plans. In Jesus' name, amen. And and maybe you're sitting there watching today or maybe later on the week and you're ready to go all in with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit right this moment. I'm going to believe that God can move in your heart right now. God, I just ask the Holy Spirit to come on those people who have given you a yes, to go deeper, to ask you to fill them with your fresh pneuma breath, 
God, we, we, we just uh, symbolically lay hands right now. I ask you to move powerfully. I ask you to fill them up with a deeper sense of, of your spirit, God. I ask you to speak in ways you've never spoken. I ask for their spiritual language to begin to come just organically as they go deeper and fall deeper in love with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And amen. We're going to go into a time of worship right now. So let's go ahead and worship. enjoyed the podcast today i hope it encouraged you there's a few things i'd love you to do i'd love you to subscribe to our youtube itunes or spotify account this is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat church podcast